And when I looked closer, there was a, a Sasquatch face on the other side, and uh, it was looking right back in at us. Staring back at me is a silhouette of a very, very giant monkey. An intriguing discovery is being investigated in a community east of Seattle. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. They are up there. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into the Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, a place where your encounters are told. To share your encounter and to be on the show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Mark. I own a company called Life of an Adventurer. And what that is, is I travel all over the world and I adventure basically. Uh, it's taken me from South America to Central America and all of North America, as well as throughout Europe. Uh, in doing so, I have been very fortunate in seeing a lot of strange things. And in 1985, I had one of my strangest occurrences yet, and that was seeing Bigfoot. I was approximately 15 years of age, and I was in northern Colorado, east, pardon me, west of Fort Collins at a place called the Poudre River. It was very, very desolate, and we ended up going and visiting my cousins who were camp hosts at a campsite up there. We had fish during the day and at night my brother and I had decided to walk up across the road. We walked up the mountain and we were sitting there uh, talking. We had seen a cave. We looked in the cave and nothing was there and it was a, a small cave. So we just sat there and we were looking down and on our left hand side was the river in front of us was the campsite, and to the right of us was a large grass field. And in front of the right-hand side, there was a large group of aspen trees with a herd of elk there. As we were watching, we saw Bigfoot run across the grass field for approximately 10 seconds, where he then uh, ran into another group of trees and we lost them. At that point, we were so scared, we ran down all the way to the campsite. And for fear or ridicule, we decided not to tell anybody about our first adventure. Uh, fast forward two years, and we were at another place in Colorado. Uh, I believe this was north of Breckenridge. And we had a uh, four-wheel drove in to a place, real wild, real desolate. There was a river there. We ended up doing whatever we did during the day, fished, uh, cooked food, and we went to bed pretty early. And during the night, we started hearing the howling and the screamings. And uh, that was pretty unnerving. And we basically got out of the tent and we're standing there in front of the tent. We both were armed. 
and we had heard something that was circling the campsite. And it was just far enough out with uh, so that flashlights really didn't uh, work that powerful uh, back then. It's nothing like the flashlights we have now. Uh, they are long beam. Back then, what was it, 40 years ago, um, the flashlights weren't that good. So he always stayed outside of flashlight range. And then later on, we were having uh, pebbles thrown at us and and rocks, and the howlings continued as he was circling the campsite. We ended up going back to bed. We were hearing this all night long. And then there were clumps of dirt that were thrown at us. And um, suffice it to say, first thing in the morning, we were gone. And uh, ever since those two, I have been really watching um, and studying and talking to people about this whole phenomena. Well, so let's back up a little bit here, Mark. I, I want to ask, like, you're sure. a 15 year old. Like, how, how do you process that? Like, w what did you think you saw? You, you know what? Back then, I've always been really mature for my age, number one. Um, we, and, and we've always been around guns. So, and I was a hunter, I had, I had hunted uh, a lot of different types of animal at that time. Um, so I really wasn't afraid of the animal per se. So we walked up there. I had a gun on my hip and I said, okay, nothing's going to happen. I'm a 15 year old, uh, young man. And, and, and you have that mindset. Um, when we looked up there and we looked, we walked up there, we looked down and saw him cross and my mind just couldn't really accept it because it's not something you have folklore and, and you, you hear about it and you read about it. And once you see it, your mind doesn't really want to compute and you're, you're trying to make um, excuses for what you saw. Hey, was it a bear? Well, I saw this, this long, um, lanky lumbering man with the arms swinging the whole things. And I can still picture it in the colors and stuff. And uh, a bear has a different uh, body style and the length of the arms. And I've seen bear. I mean, ever, even since then, I've, I've gone to Kodiak in Alaska, and we did float planes in the back, and I, we saw tons and tons of grizzlies. And I've seen black bear, and I've seen brown bear, and, and, and it's, they just behave differently, uh, different facial structure. And it was far enough that we, I didn't see great definition, but yet I did see how the body was and how it walked and how it lumbered. And that's what I came to the conclusion that it was a Bigfoot. And then, uh, years later, um, and I can't, it may be 20, 25 years ago, I was in outside LA. They had a basically David Polides Polides when he first, started i think it was his first book he was out here and he was he gave a speech and it was fascinating and i bought the book and then waited till um he finished at the night and i approached him and we started talking and i, I told him my story and he said yeah i had moved to uh, boulder and i'm living in boulder and i had heard this location and that there were things um there and 
okay, so he just reiterated um, my belief that, yeah, there was something going on. Um, and then maybe about four or five years ago, I was, um, I, I, my, my, I was in Denver and I borrowed a motorcycle from my cousins. I said, Hey, I'm going to drive up there and spend the day up there, uh, recreating, uh, the campsite and everything and looking at it, looking for it. And so I, I drove up there and, and it was past the fish hatchery and, that's what I remember the fish hatchery and drove a few miles up and I saw the campsite and I went over the campsite. And in that course of time, we're talking 40 years, it had all changed the, the direction. The river was still going in the direction, but it had shifted. Number one, um, the campsite was larger. They now had made concrete parking spaces. I looked across the road, the aspen trees were gone. That little cave was still up there, and I just sat there, and I was just watching all around and, and recreating this. And um, I looked over, and the grass wasn't – it was still there, but the campsite had taken half of it, and there were more trees. And the aspen trees were gone also. So I walked across the street, looked at there, and uh, I just had remembered what was going on. In the last this many years, they, they started, there were more cabins there. It wasn't this quiet, uh, quaint place that it had been back then. Um, and uh, even since then, I was, I've reached out to people in that area. Um, so the five-year, uh, let's go back, I'm sorry. So I, I'm driving the motorcycle, and I'm driving down to Granby, and I look to my left, and there's a big sign there that says Bigfoot Convention. And I can't remember what – it's a Bigfoot organization, and they're, they're out of, like, Colorado Springs, if I remember. And I'm like, I've got to go here. And I go in, and I go in, and, and they're having the convention. It was for the whole day, so I walk in, and I start listening to people's stories. I started meeting people. And I wasn't going to say anything, and I ended up telling my my story and what had happened. And and people, yeah, that's uh, yeah, we remember that, and um, we remember the area, and the, this whole area was a hot spot um, uh, for Bigfoot. And so it was nice to be able to talk to people that 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 are believers, but yet they were able to say, yes, this happened in this area, and there's been sightings here and sightings there. Um, so that was nice. And I got, uh, I got a nice pay. There was, there was one guy and he had dressed up. He had some, some white, uh, Bigfoot slash Yeti slash Sasquatch, uh, type costume. This is like movie grade, um, a costume. And it was, I've got some pictures standing next to him, but, uh, that was, that was, it was fun to spend the time with these people. Um, and see what's going on yeah. and have them believe me. Yeah, it's always nice when you find a group of people that you can relate to. I mean, I held a conference a couple of, well, about a month ago, and that's kind of one of the main purposes of doing it is I wanted to bring people in together so that they can share their experiences and not feel ridiculed or have that stigma floating over them, and then they can be open about their experience with, with, these, yeah. with these beings because it can be quite traumatic. I mean, as a 15-year-old, Mark, like, how, how did you process? Like, I mean, did you sleep that night? Did you, did you toss and turn? Or how long did it take you to kind of come to grips with, with that 
that sighting that you had? You know what? I wasn't, I wasn't really, it didn't hit me. Like I've spoken to people about, I just got on with it. I didn't, I was more traumatized the two or three years later at the other location that night. I was more traumatized than I was the time at 15, maybe because of the distance, maybe because we had multiple people we were camping with. Um, it wasn't as traumatic. Did you kind of, did you kind of figure that, you know, you were dealing with another Sasquatch in your second encounter? It had to be. I, I mean, I, I, I still talked to my buddy um, that we were camping with together and we talk about it and we laugh about it and we're like, and we just like, we're like, okay, that I, she's like, yeah, it was, it was bad. And we agreed with it. Uh, there was something really strange going on that whole night. It was, it, it was strange. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, so many years has passed. I mean, 30 years have passed. Um, no, even, I'm sorry, but let's say 38 to 40 years have passed and the land changes, the rivers flow somewhere else. Um, houses are built, um, roads are built. So it's sort of, it, it's different when you're, you're, you're in a situation now where it's, you're a little older, you have supposedly a clearer mind, uh, more ability to reason and you're sitting there and you're, you're just sitting and you're saying, wow, what's, uh, what's going on or, or what did I see? Cause I know the way I analyze things, um, is, is not normal in the sense that I've seen animals and, and strange things and they've been stalking me or I've been trying to stalk them. And this is something completely different. I mean, it, we're not going to get into the belief of that is what he descended from or this or that. I, I, yes, it's important, but I don't think that's the, the, the biggest thing of the story. I mean, it's, it's something that's been written for thousands of years. We have some very, um, distinguished people. I mean, um, we've got, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt wrote about it. Uh, about seeing something, yeah, and and so I, I mean I don't know what to believe. Yeah, I, I mean there's, I mean, there's people been... are scared. People get laughed at. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. I know I do. Shame. I mean I know some of my friends. I know some of my friends, and they they laugh at me over this. I'm like, I, you're the same guy five years ago laughed about the UFOs, and now the government's coming out and saying, yeah, something's something strange is occurring. I completely understand where you're coming from on that. Um, what, what did you think about, what, what did you think about Sasquatch before this all happened? I, I mean, as a young man, you must've heard the, the, the myth or, or the, you know, the legends in your area. What, what was your thoughts on the whole thing? Or did you even, did it even cross your mind at I, some point? Yeah. I mean, I guess it did. I'm, I, I mean, I remember the old movie, the legend of Boggy Creek. I mean, I sort of remember at about that time watching it, and it's an old movie, and it, it, it's 
about this family getting traumatized by Bigfoot and the Hollywood thing and stuff like that. And I, I remember watching it and you're like, okay, it's sort of a spoof. I mean, it's sort of, it's done so tongue in cheek almost that um, I, I sort of watched it as grain of salt. And now as an adult, now I'm like, okay, now I believe it a lot more. So back then I just didn't, um, and yes, I believed back then and I saw it and I wasn't really traumatized, um, with it happening. Um, I've been more traumatized in my later years with strange occurrences that, that have been in, in, um, different places. South America, the Amazon, uh, Mexico. Um, well, you talking, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I have. And talking with elders. And I always try to find the oldest person around. I go to these villages and I always try to find the oldest person around. And I start and I ask them, Hey, have you ever seen any strange things? Any strange animals, any um, uh, strange legends, and sometimes, and this isn't always, but a lot of times people will talk, especially the older people that were here before all of this change and before the internet and before this and and, um, where there wasn't so much construction. You start talking... um, and we, you and I talked about this, the Native Americans and stuff that lived on reservations and lived way back in the forest. And they're going to see a lot more um, that occurred 40 and 50 and 60 years ago when they were kids than they do now, where people actually sat around and, and spoke to one another. Now it's the internet and their phones and, and people don't talk to one another. But back then, you, you people spoke, hey, did you, this weird thing happened over here. Have you heard anything about it or, or this or that? And, and, and you really have to take the time and, and, and speak to people. And it's typically the older people, the younger kids, they're not, they're not out, they're not out there riding the motorcycles and out hunting at night or this or that. And, um, that's what I found so fascinating was able to, to, to talk to these people. And, um, I, I guess you don't get as ridiculed too yeah. with the, with the older people. And I know a lot, a lot of my younger friends, professional friends, um, I get ridiculed from them, but they know me. The thing is, my the people that ridicule and joke about me, they know me as a person, and now they're like, I totally believe you because I know you, the person, rather than all of these legends and myths and, and, and Hollywood movies that are made. Yeah, I find it kind of almost humorous to some degree. You know, people will easily believe you if you had you come up to them and said, hey, I seen a ghost. Oh, really? Tell me mm-hmm. about it. But, you know, the, the the second you mention, hey, I seen a Sasquatch, it's like, oh, you're crazy. You're a nutcase. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. why, what, why the two are kind of 
Well, I understand that there's two different kind of categories here, but I mean, you know, what? How far is that degree of separation between the two? Do you know? You know what I mean? Because it's yeah, you're much more likely to see a Sasquatch if you're running if you're looking in the right places. But uh, and that's neither here nor there. That's just my little side point. But um, yeah, it, it really sounds like you kind of went down a rabbit hole with this. Was it with like especially with the in- invention of the internet in the you know late '90s? Did you start researching well, more about Bigfoot then? Yeah, I you know what I I have always researched, and there was a, a location up in Northern California that I was introduced to from a friend of mine, um, and because I own the company Life of Adventure, I'm always looking for places to go, camp, Polo drive, and such, and I ended up making a phone call to someone that was up at a town near Taylorsville and Taylorsville is very desolate, lots of water, lots of animals. And the, this person's farm was literally 45 minutes from, from town. It was uh, in the middle of nowhere. And I started talking to her and, and, and she's, I had asked her in jest, Hey, had you ever seen uh, Bigfoot up there? Because you are so far away and you, you don't have power. You have uh, literally solar. Everything's running off solar and, and this and that. And she's like, sort of. I've had weird occurrences going on. Well, we started, I started asking her about it. And it was like a light came up in her, in her, in her mind and basically said, wow, maybe this is legit. Well. I'm down in LA and I'm like, okay, I was literally on the road 48 hours later and I drove all the way up there, um, to see what was going on. And after this time frame, and searching up there and looking for places, I spent about a week, let's say a week. Uh, I found some structures out there. Um, some things that could have been, uh, footprints, but it was so desolate, and there were so many animals, wild animals there. There were mountain lions, there were bear, there was uh, deer everywhere, there was turkey everywhere, rabbits. All of this was there. Great food source. Um, at night, it was pitch dark. Uh, you run the generators for a little while, uh, whatever, solar, so you could have a little bit of solar. But she had these two giant Pyrenees dogs, huge dogs. and I would sleep in front of this giant picture window and I would get this weird feeling at night that literally something was watching me. The dogs would go nuts. Dogs would be going nuts, nuts, nuts. I'd like, and these are, these are dogs that they use, um, to protect from bears. This is what this dog was, uh, designed for, was bred for, was, um, to kill bears. So these dogs really weren't uh, afraid of anything. And these dogs, there were times at night where I'd be asleep and these dogs would just go off and uh, start barking and howling. And I had my dog too, and I've got a little Queensland healer and um, he's real in tune and stuff too. And he does not bark. I mean, this is a a breed. They don't really bark, but he would start with this guttural growl with him. Like, uh, and, and, He's he's not that way, but I knew 
there was something there when he when he this 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 growl he makes it just is so unlike him. And this happened before. We've had an incident uh, where he started this growl, and and I was sleeping outside because it was so hot. I turn on the flashlight. We had a mountain lion about twenty five feet away. So oh uh, I've had that happen. Yeah, I've had that happen with a bear. So I know when he makes this specific growl. I know he's not screwing around. There's something serious, and I take it seriously. And he did that two or three times um, on this trip. Um, I end up coming back to L.A., and um, she would call me in the middle of the night at like one in the morning, and she'd be like, something's on the porch. And I'm like, and she's telling me stories. I listened. I heard howlings literally howlings. And then this is a woman in her seventies, highly educated, a doctor, everything. So it's not, and she would tell me, I mean, she'd be like, it's outside. I hear him. Oh, he just pounded on the side of the the house and stuff like that. The dogs are going crazy. And I'm like, okay. And, and, and it just, um, I saw stuff like that. And so I started investigating a little bit further and, and, um, one one correlation that I came up with that was pretty fascinating was I had taken the Department of Fish and Game mapping system. And if you look at their map system of the areas that are not allowed, firearms or no hunting is allowed in Northern California, and you literally set that on top of the locations where there has been reports of Bigfoot, it's pretty spot on. So I sit there and I'm like, is the, is the government aware of this? Do they know something we don't? And then even in, in regards to the, the missing 411 series and things like that about the kidnappings and with the children and, it's pretty compelling. I mean, his, his argument with a lot of stuff is pretty compelling. And and he's got the different movies and things and, um, it is compelling and and it makes me want to think. And I think, uh, uh, there's more out there and, and maybe they don't, they don't talk about it. And I've got, I had people sent me and people reach out to me in whatever way. And, and there was one, I have one picture where there was a hunter in Oregon. He was hunting deer and he is a, what was he, a fire? I think he was a firefighter. And he literally was out hunting deer and at dusk, him and his friend, and he like turned around and took a quick picture of his friend. But if you look another 50 or 60 yards past, his friend, right at dusk, there's something like hunched down in the corner that looks exactly like a Bigfoot. And it was very strange. I mean, it was really strange. And I talked to this guy for about an hour and, and, and what was going on? He's like, it's just that whole day. It was just really weird. And everybody says there's something I'm sensing. My, 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 my body is picking up something that something's watching me. 
And it's different when a mountain lion watches you or, or an animal's hiding, or even a man is, is hiding there somewhere. But then you, you get so in tune. When something like this, and I've had it happen a few times, where I literally, I mean, I go to really, really remote places all over, all over. I mean, we're talking remote, four-wheel drive-in, um, we find a place, we park there, we camp there. And um, I've had that, like something is watching. I mean, something's watching us. And I don't know how to describe it. It's just a sense that you get. And, and yeah, animal, regular animals and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I've been in enough places that, that I know um, that it's something. But my, my body is almost like so fine-tuned that it picks up on this, whether it's my belief in him or my, my studying of him or, or the, the smell aspect or because I know I've been and maybe with you, too, you've hiked in places and all of a sudden there's this godforsaken stink, like a sulfur, stinky smell that you just walk through the forest and it's there and you're like, well, what is that? And, and who knows what it is. And I know, I know, I know, um, I really, um, uh, try to take it easy. Um, when I'm walking in the sense that I'm really trying to scan and I'm real good at that because of hunting and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at different places. I'm looking at bases of trees. I'm looking for, um, uh, uh, trees, uh, branches, broken odd odd places i'm looking for scat so i'm always scanning i'm always looking behind me um and it just uh it's just that feeling you get sometimes yeah I, I completely understand i've never experienced the smell and i'm kind of glad i haven't but you know that that feeling that you're just you're talking about where you know you feel something is in your presence and it's it's watching or it's stalking or whatever it's doing i, I do understand that i have felt that actually and i so i i, I can relate mm -hmm. i can totally relate um mark yeah. i got a few more questions for you before we before i let of you course. go here but uh, i want to i have a quick question and then i'm gonna have a follow-up question to that one so um, we're gonna jump back for a minute and to your your encounter when you saw this thing cross the road but did it notice you uh, no the first time that i think the distance was so great and we were just up there just up there really just watching rather than maybe talking um not very loudly and and i don't think he noticed us okay the reason i'm asking is because i'm kind of and i'm speculating obviously but it sounds to me like it was hunting and you i think its focus was was towards those elk rather than you know people in the yes. area is that do you think that that's fair to say Yes, I think, you know what, after the studying um, that I've done ever since then, and and now I'm, people are telling me, yeah, they, they get elk, and, and I think that's exactly what he was doing. I mean, I, I there was probably eight or ten elk that were there, um, and literally um, he was heading straight to to those aspen trees where the elk were dispersed and they were bedding down. And I think, yeah, he was, he was going there to either investigate it or, or try to 
catch one. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. You know, for, for beings that are that big, you know, and to carry that much that much muscle, they must have a really high protein diet. And you know, elk fits that bill perfectly. So, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that yeah, he was hunting and he he had his focus on on you know mm-hmm. bringing home some food for the family, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think you just got lucky <laughs> they kind of put it bluntly you know you just happen to catch one in the midst of, of doing its thing so it's very very fortunate for you yeah and i i just uh i mean they they have to eat too and do i think they're they're omnivores yes i think they can eat meat and they also eat plants and shrubs and things like that yeah probably bugs um, as well you know some some like grubs or 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 you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I got one more question for you, Mark, here before I let you sure. go. And you can answer it however you want. There's no real real answer to it. It's just I like to get people's opinions. But do you think that these Sasquatch, these beings are, are going to be acknowledged in, in the mainstream scientific world in our lifetime? Or or do you think it's going to continue to be a myth for, for years to come? I don't. You know what? I'm 55, so I think I got a few more years on this. So you're asking, like, in my lifetime... <laughs> I think I th- I think some you know what I think yes I think what's happening now is is there's a lot more disclosure and I truly believe in the next couple of years there's going to be some disclosures that are going to blow our mind in regards to um the U- the UFOs and and I think it's going to be like a dam bursting because now at least the government is saying, yeah, we we there's something there's something un- unidentifiable out there. So I think people are, are are starting to want to know more about what's out there and and this and that, and we're getting people people see this all the time. I mean, there's records of, of police officers that are on their cars on long desolate roads and uh they've they've seen them crossing the roads and and i am leaving saturday i am on my way for two months and i'm going up to uh utah idaho montana wyoming uh, washington and oregon and i'm going to spend two months uh working on this and seeing what i find and enjoying it and camping it and i've got some new Things they're not really new. I mean, people have have, have um, stated uh, what they think um, works. Um, I've got howlings um, from Toby Johnson that that he's taken. I've got um, different howlings. I've downloaded uh, different types of animals, um, animals that are in distress: rabbits, um, goats, chickens. I have, there's the, the belief with the urethral sound. Have you heard that theory too? 520 megahertz. Oh yes. The, uh, infrasound. Yeah. Infrasound, infrasound and infrastructure. So supposedly I think it's 520 megahertz. I'm not sure, but it's like the perfect sound. I have that downloaded too. I have that downloaded too. And um, 
who knows? I mean, I put a little speaker out there and play it on a loop and who knows what it's going to call. You know what I mean? I, I just, I'm out there. I'm going to try things. I'm going to try things that people, that people have um, tried before peanut butter and, and food and marshmallows and this and that, and try to put it um, a little higher on the tree um, where the average animal is not going to do it. And then I want to, I'm going to try to reach out to Washington and see um, Dr. Matthew Johnson too. Um, and he's got um, the Bigfoot and, and the Zanu uh, people there too. But I'm just going to really go out there and I'm hoping to meet a lot of people on the road. Um, and I know people have, have, have reached out to me in the trip and in Montana and Washington and, um, and Wyoming and said, Hey, um, I'm really interested in this. I'd love to meet up with you. And that's what I want to do. I just want to reach out and if people have some, some good ideas, um, or opinions or suggestions or places to go. I mean, there's, there's a few people that said, Hey, let's go. I'll take you to some place and we'll camp overnight. You know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, that's what this trip is going to be and the life of an adventurer. And I'm, I'm, I'm got to post it and I'm, I'm going to try to do a lot of postings talking about what my um, thoughts are and, and what I've found and, and who I've spoken with and who I've seen. So, I mean, you only live once and I've wanted to do this um, for quite a few years and COVID sort of screwed everything up. And, but now we're back, we're back to some sort of normalcy. And um, I've never taken this kind of time uh, two months I have, I've ridden motorcycles to South America, um, but I haven't done that uh, two months for the United States and the Pacific Northwest and, and Mount Hood and Mount Shasta and throughout uh, Montana and um, the Grand Tetons. And I, I want to spend extended time there and, and see what I can find. You're going to have to keep me updated if you, if you come across. I will. I will. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I've got, yeah, I was just going to say, if anybody wants to follow me on the trip or anything, I've got Facebook, it's life of an adventurer or Instagram is life period of period and period adventure. Um, anybody out there, you have any suggestions, places I should go, um, people I should talk to, or even meet up with me. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to meet up with people and like-minded people. Oh, I guarantee you after this comes out, there'll be a, there'll be a long list of people for you to, to be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The, the, the same mindset as us. Um, exactly. I, yeah. I really tend to like those kind of people. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We're an odd assortment, but you know what? We all have a great thing in common. So I, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mark, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Um, okay. Well, we'll stay in touch, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens out on the road. And for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to close out the show. Stay there.
Hey, and we're back, everyone. We are back to pull a pin on this one, but of course we can't do that until we give Mark a huge thank you. Uh, Mark, thank you so much, buddy. I do appreciate you taking the time today to come on the show and share with us that experience that you had. I'm positive that you just happened to stumble upon them hunting and, and you know, their focus was on, you know, feeding the family and not on you. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, but you know, take it as it is. And, you know, just consider yourself fortunate that you had a, you had a run in with one of these beautiful beings, you know, it's, uh, it's like winning the lottery almost. Um, but Mark, once again, thank you. And, uh, and good luck on your next adventure. Uh, I know you're out in the road right now. And, uh, for the listeners, if you want to give them a follow, it, it's life of an adventurer on Facebook. So just, uh, give him a follow and see what he's up to. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Oh yeah. Don't forget about the uh, new Brunswick Bigfoot organization. They're having their conference on July 8th. Uh, it'll be held in Sackville, New Brunswick, and it's a free event. It's a free event and they've got all kinds of activities planned for the day. So, uh, go to New Brunswick Bigfoot organization on Facebook and you will find all the information there and, uh, they'll gladly answer your questions too. So, uh, you know, head on over there if you uh, got a chance to. Uh, let's see. We are going to get out of here, uh, but we can't do that until we do this. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, send me an email at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. That's N-I-C-O-L-A, nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. I'd love to get your story on the show. So uh, send me a message and uh, perhaps we can do something about that. Uh, so until next week. Oh, you know what? One more thing. It is uh, Canada Day long weekend, this weekend. So I just want to say happy Canada Day to all my Canadian peeps out there listening. Thank you guys for all your support. Enjoy the weekend. Have barbecues. Have family time. Do everything that you're going to do. And to our neighbors down south, happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July. Um, really quickly, I wasn't going to say anything. But, you know, for some reason in the last little while, I'm going to say the last two or three years, it's kind of kind of been uncool to fly your flag. You know, you're kind of seen as a, you know, an a I don't know, extremist or, or some right-wing nut if you fly your flag, and that's just not the case. You know, I, I don't know why it has become unpopular to, you know, be proud of where you come from or your, your country. But, you know, these days aren't meant to celebrate what's wrong with the country. It, it's meant to celebrate you know, everything that we've done right, you know. And so I think people have lost sight of that. And, uh, you know, just for this weekend, enjoy yourself let's forget about the problems that are going on in the country and let's remember what we're all we all have going on that's that's proper and, and you know healthy for us so with that being said until next week i've got another good one lined up for you next time so uh until then i'll talk to you all later bye